Hi everyone, Lou Burris here and welcome back to Raising Consciousness. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share with you um, a quick message to let you know that here on Raising Consciousness, we are changing things up and you might be thinking again. Well, yes, again, because from the 3rd of October, we are going to be moving the podcast um, over to daily live streams as the main way of recording the show. So you can join us across all social platforms from your Facebook to your LinkedIn to even Twitch, um, where every single day at... Um, 9am UK time, I'm going to be streaming the podcast, streaming the show live. Then every single week from our daily live streams, we will be dropping a new episode here on the podcast so you can continue to listen on the go. I wanted to share uh, this with you before we dive into today's episode with uh, my good friend Faraz Ali, um, just to kind of uh, make you aware of what's happening and um, keep you up to date with everything raising consciousness. So I'm really looking forward to that, but that's it from me. Let's dive into, into today's episode. Let's dive into episode 25 with Faraz and talk conscious parenting. Welcome to Raising Consciousness with me, Lou Burrows, where raising human consciousness happens. On this show, I'm joined by guests to cover a range of topics and have conversations that will raise human consciousness for current and future generations. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hi everyone, welcome back to Raising Consciousness with me, your host, Lou Burrows, and today I am joined by my good friend, Faraz Ali, who um, so often, like on the podcast, I mentioned different learnings and different teachings that I learned from the Mind Valley platform. And um, Faraz is one of those people, one of those like-minded people who I've had the pleasure to connect with through Mind Valley, and um, he's just so grateful for all of the tips and stuff that he's given me um, on on some of the calls that we've been a part of. Um, but Faraz focuses on high performance. Um, high positivity and the pressure to create possibility and prosperity for his clients. And today we're focusing on re-engineering a parenting and the education model regarding consciousness um, yeah, for, for parents, for children, and really looking forward to today's topic. So for us, thank you for joining me here on Raising Consciousness. It's a pleasure to be here, Luke. No, so I, I've, um... pleasure's all mine. I'm looking forward to uh, touch on these topics. I mean, you're doing a great job with your podcast and the guests you bring onto this uh, platform and also the energy creating with your work. So well done, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, so before we dive into the main topic for today, I would love to like learn more a bit, learn more a bit about yourself, uh, my friend. Um, so um, I always start off by like asking, who is Faraz Ali? I ask myself this question every day in the morning. <laughs> who is Faraz Ali? I, I literally do. And, and the reason I do that is... I'm not the person I was five years ago, 10 years ago. I'm evolving mm. and it's important to, for myself to align to who I want to become. And this is mm. one of those uh, conscious moments every day of who is Faraz Ali? Because you probably mm. being in this space, we constantly ask ourselves which labels that I'm putting on myself. And I'll just reveal some of those labels so your users can get my identity. So uh, originally I'm from Fiji, lived in New Zealand, Asia, and currently in Europe, in Norway. And I've been working in a lot of different sectors, from television, in front of the camera, to modeling, then going into IT consulting, sales. Mm. Uh, so I've been all around the block in terms of experiencing different corporate business cultures, and also mm. the high life of fashion, television industry, all the parties that goes with it. Uh, but at a certain point, I decided, you know what, 
I'll stick to consulting, which mm. works great for me. I work great with people. And the consulting has been in the uh, empowerment space mostly. Uh, so I've been working a lot with uh, leaders and a lot with parents. Mainly I like to combine them together and say I work with the leaders who are parents, but a lot of my clients are actually non, not parents, but they just come to me and like, you know what, I like what you do, let's uh, make some magic happen. But yeah, I work a lot with um, high performance culture creation. And the reason I do this is when I became a father, I asked myself, can we use the F word on this, by the way? We can't. I'll, use, I'll keep it <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. All right, all right. Just uh, seeing where the boundaries were. No, so I used to say, what the F was I doing with my time? Because mm. once you become a parent, your schedule gets dramatically impacted. You don't mm. have much time in the day anymore. Your sleep is affected. And the time you do have in the day, you got to make the most of it. And prior to becoming a parent, I used to be in the areas of consuming a lot of entertainment, using my time meaninglessly, and just um, thinking every day is a given. But once, be once I became a parent, I realized, you know what, I got three hours a day. When you take those three pointers, you got to sink it. There's no chances to miss. So that's how that high performance culture came about for me. It's like, how can I optimize my day, optimize my performance to get the most of it and the highest results in a very short time? Mm. So I started doing this for myself and I was like, God damn, this works. <laughs> and my friends started asking me like, how the hell do you do this? And that's how the consultancy just came about. People so, started asking me, how can I optimize my day as a parent? So I'm struggling in this area of my life mm. and slowly and swiftly, it just started coming together. And I started coaching people and I still do that consultancy and coaching as most of the people in the personal development space do. And one of the other things that came out of me becoming a parent is I was and still am a digital nomad making a comeback after COVID because all the digital nomads have said, all right, we're going to hang up the jacket for a while. So I'm making the comeback now. But one of the things when my daughter was born, because I used to travel almost uh, 100 to 150 days of the year hmm. prior to becoming a parent. And when my daughter was born, people coming up to me like, my man, your traveling days are over. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, why? Exactly. You got a child now. Hmm. And they said this was a negative connotation like they're celebrating for you. You got a child, now you can travel. I don't have to see your Instagram pics or social media <laughs> profiles of you being in a hot location while I'm in skiing somewhere and I'm like you know what watch me fly baby watch me fly so one of the things I did as a challenge was travel as much as possible with a child just to prove that this myth is wrong because a mm. lot of parents what I've noticed is they re accept that when a child is born your life is gonna be limited mm. you start setting these boundaries these limitations and one of those things that gets sacrificed is travel they're like, mm. I'll travel when my child gets older. Yeah, no, I and definitely like, um, can see no. that. That is no. for me. <laughs> no, I yeah. definitely um, sense that, you know, within um, society, etc. And so, like, why do you feel like people or parents um, have that limiting belief, ultimately? Do you feel like that's something that just gets passed down from, like, generation, just, like, something that's in the, like, in society so people will believe it? 
so yeah, this is a lot of uh, societal and cultural constraints mm. uh, because I was bubble wrapped as a child and not as a baby. I mean, as a child, my mom would not let me do anything. The fear that I would get hurt. Mm. And what that does is basically if you get your child to jump off, let's say the five meter diving board, I'll be thinking my, my baby is a warrior. Other people will be thinking that is an irresponsible parent making, making a jump from so high. And there's always the fear of what will other people say, the fear of judgment, uh, because people like to be very conservative with the approach and raising a child because yeah, we want to keep them safe. But at the same time of bubble wrapping and keeping someone safe, we're restricting that child from the possibilities of learning. And it's just a lot of cultural constraints, societal constructs that come into this play. Like, this is how it has been done for the last 50, 100 years. Uh, if it ain't broken, we don't need fixing. But the question becomes, are we evolving? Are we learning new processes to raise children? Mm. And this is something that comes about because my mom is very conservative. My dad has been on the wild side is he'll go with the ideas, but mom's like, no, we're going to protect a child. So when I told my mom, we travel, we're going to travel to, let's say with a small child, she was three months old. First, we went to Manchester, then we went to Singapore, Fiji, New Zealand, um, former Yugoslavia. We've been a lot of places. I think it was 32 countries in uh, three years time. Wow. Uh, with a child before mm. she turned three. So we did a lot of countries uh, from the Balinese for, uh, jungle to other locations. And I did this as a challenge, remember? Yeah. I didn't expect something to come out of it. I was like, screw you all. I'm going to travel with my child. I'm mm. going to have fun. I'm going to work from the road. This is going to be great. But then I started seeing something change in me. And this could be something related to fatherhood, but just being doing what I want, it allowed me to show up to my child as myself without all those boundaries we put. Because what happens is um, when you go into paternity leave, you spend a lot of time with your child in a closed environment. You go for coffee, you're pushing the child's wagon and so on. You're in a closed environment. And some people get bored. If you don't have your podcast, your books, you're going to get bored. You're connecting with the child and people are like, yeah, I'm connecting with my child. We're spending a lot of time together. And that is a very positive thing. But deep inside is like, I'm not doing that stuff that keeps me alive. I want to listen to my podcast, but I fall asleep because I only slept two hours last night. I want to read a book. I can hardly keep my eyes open. I want to go for a swim. I want to go for a run. I want to do all these activities that make me alive. And this comes for me when I'm traveling quite a bit, if it's domestic mm. or international, just being on the road, doing adventure. And my daughter gets to see the real me, the authentic me. Like daddy loves to jump off a edge of a cliff into deep water. Let me put my life jacket on. I'm going to follow daddy and do the same. Mm. He loves to do all these water activities like water uh, stand up paddling. So she joins me. Um, I mean, she was swimming in the open water by the time she was two and a half. Wow. Three years old. Wow. Uh, That's amazing. She's just got this, um, yeah, she's got no sense of fear, but she has a sense of responsibility. Like when she's mm. jumping in the water in the Maldives, she's like, Daddy, are you sure those are dolphins and not sharks? I'm like, those are dolphins. Okay, you jump first and I'm going to follow you. 
So she uses <laughs> me as the crash test dummy to jump in the water first. Yeah. Uh, she figures it's dolphins, then she jumps in the water. And I would have never jumped in the water when I was two and a half, three. My mom was, my mom doesn't even put me at the beach. Right. Yeah. And so the main point I'm making is what I've learned is that if we ch expose children to different cultures, different societies, different environments where they get to test themselves from an early age, they get to develop faster. It doesn't mean, mean they miss out on their childhood and they just experience how to live. So and yeah, on, on, are... on that point, sorry, sorry, friends. Like, no, I just want to kind of jump in and kind of on that point because there might be some parents right now be like, you know, um, the red alert is kind of going off in their mind and you're like, so unresponsible, you know, but you know, like I definitely can feel and kind of sense how this um, is, is uh, like this way of parenting is helping to raise more responsible, um, actually more responsible children, uh, actually like who take their lives, you know, within their own hands and, you know, as they grow older, can make their own choices and decisions without having to re necessarily always rely on their parents, right? So how do you balance, like, mm. the 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 growing, the evolving, the, the, yeah, like, the responsibility side with, with maybe more of what um, parents would say, like, being safe, you know, and and this kind of culture of, of you know always being safe and, and, and that if, if that makes sense, like I'm just wondering like how how you yeah absolutely balance that. Yep, I mean safety is a word that always comes up in any conversation because it's mm. our ultimate responsibility as a parent, as a community to keep children safe. We create schools, we create environments where safety is the first thing. So let's bring it back all the way to home. In my city safety and let's speak about danger I mean you can get run over or get hit by a car in any city it doesn't have to be while traveling because uh, there's really bad drivers mm -hmm. out there they're speeding we've seen it in every country we can look at the statistics so that danger, the clear and present danger is always around you it doesn't matter if it's gonna be in Singapore in Auckland Los Angeles, that clear and present danger is always there. So we speak about safety. It's about giving the child life skills to create safety around them. Mm, because like once a child goes up, yeah, once a child goes outside the house, there's a risk. It doesn't matter which country you are. As soon as the child goes outside the house, if it's a lot of ice in Norway, they could slip and fall and hurt themselves. Uh, if there's a hailstorm and they're outside, they can hurt themselves. It doesn't matter which environment it is. It's about being able to be in that environment to help them understand the safety features, uh, de-risking, and how to just have the situational awareness of what's a danger, how mm. to be careful, what to look out for. So it's more of a training. Just think of... As a parent, your, your job is to be Bear grills. You've seen the TV show, and your child is your guest on your TV show, and you're just showing them around the environment. Now, like, this is dog poop. Don't step on it, because that's going to smell. And that's hard to clean, and i got to clean it up. And if a car's going fast, they tell them, like, never cross the road, unless it's a pedestrian crossing, but always look left and right. Now, my child doesn't cross by herself. She's always with me. But if she does do it, she knows the rules. Look left and right. And in Asia, she learned how to put the fan, put a hand up, wave, make sure you get the driver's attention, eye to eye contact. 
So all of these things you teach it. And one of the things is, and this is from a book called Factfulness uh, by Ryan uh, Rosling, a Danish writer. Um, we grow up in Norway, in UK. Our elevators have sensors. Because someone says, Luke, hold the door. Luke just waves his hands in the elevator. He knows that door will open. Uh, one of his students, when he took them to India, they did the same behavior in one of those elevators. They nearly lost their arm and leg. Wow. And that's the mm -hmm. thing. If, you, if a child grows up in an environment where you have all this latest technology, they take it for granted. And when they are, when they are traveling in a foreign environment, if mommy, daddy is no longer there to teach them, or mentor them through this, they could get hurt. So it's important to learn that yes, we come from a privileged environment of being a first world country, but visiting third world countries, it allows us to see how the structure is of the society, what kind of technology they have. And she she sees people, because I don't always take her to luxury hotels or fancy places. Sometimes we're in tough places where she sees poverty mm -hmm. and she realizes, wow, What's happening here? And it just opens the eye. It doesn't. Yeah. So like, uh, so, so, so like uh, yeah. So like yeah. on that point, um, for me, mm -hmm. then it kind of raises. Obviously, this show is all about raising consciousness, right? Like it raises her consciousness, you know, yeah. to the world and kind of what's out there, right? Absolutely. And one of the biggest things she's learned is when we came back from uh, Korea. Hmm. She started coming in the house and taking the shoes off and putting it in a nice, tidy way. She went all Murray Kondo and I'm like, whoa, what's happening? It's not something I taught her. She just observed mm -hmm. it. I'm like, right. She's taking her shoes off and putting it nicely. Uh, because I come from an Indian background. If you don't take your shoes off in the house, mama's going to whoop your ass. <laughs> That's one of the prerequisites of growing up. And this yeah. is something I have a shoes off policy as well. But she picked, up, picked it up from the... Korean culture, she's like, oh, mm. this is what they do. I'm going to do the same. Take it off, put it nicely. And it's all these different elements of realizing, and there's a Buddhist saying, the world is one big family. And getting her out to, now it's soon going to be about 40 countries. And she's learned so much from these different cultures. And we just didn't travel for the sake of traveling. Like we stayed in Bali for three months. We stayed in New Zealand and Fiji area for two months. So it's prolonged holidays where I got to work, but also just experience the culture uh, because that allows your child to develop new skill sets and it just keeps the family quite relaxed. And you know, the first three years when we did this, I was like, ah, I will continue traveling 10 to 12 countries a year. Then COVID came and said, what's up everybody? And then now I was in an environment for six weeks when this kindergarten was closed. My daughter was... She just turned three. We just returned from India and Maldives. And I'm like, I'm going to be in the house with my daughter for almost 24 hours a day for the next six weeks. My wife, she works in the hospital. So she was doing her regular hours during COVID, uh, being a frontline worker. So that six weeks, I thought it was going to be really tough because all of a sudden, everyone's been placed in the same situation. You got to spend time with your children at home there's no schools there's no nannies and i'm like okay how am i going to handle this and then i realized you know what i've been doing this for the last three years mm. it's just been we travel we've been traveling together we have our routine she does her reading her learning her drawings so it went 
very smoothly. It was a lot easier than I expected. Matter of fact, it was too easy. And I was like, wow. And then I'm seeing my friends post on LinkedIn, social media. This is the toughest time of my life. I'm like, what is happening differently? And it all came down to a state of the mind. And we spoke, and I know you've spoken about reframing in our mind value circles and our personal growth. Mm-hmm. It's like reframing the situation and showing up with a winner's mindset. Because the most important thing in any raising consciousness environment or in a person is showing up with a winner's mindset. It means, yes, being an optimist, but mm-hmm. it's going there knowing I'm going to have a fun time. And mm-hmm. I teach my daughter to have that as well. When she goes into a new environment, she's like, I'm a little bit scared. I'm like, yep, there's some, there's some issues. These are the risk factors. Now we know them, but we're going to go there and we're going to have fun. And it's the same with the home environment. It's like, we're going to spend a lot of time together. So the communication is very transparent. But what's going to happen is we're going to do this, this, and this. And you can choose whatever you want to do. So I give her some control over what she wants to do. It's not a dictatorship. So she calls the shots. And I'm like, we're going to have fun. And it's whenever we're playing a game as well, it's like, we're going out there, we're going to have fun. We're going to climb from this place to that place. We're going to get it done today, even if it takes us five, ten different attempts. And it's just Mm. planting the winner's mindset. And if you look at Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, Mahatma, we can even go to Mahatma Gandhi and Da Vinci. All of them had this winner's mindset. It's like, we're going to go, we're going to do this. We might have some lessons where we... It doesn't work out as expected, but we're going to keep pushing on because we're going to get the final result. Mm, And that's something we need to plant in the conscious environment. It's like we are here to create and become more than we ever imagined. And to do this, we need to have the right mindset of learning, creating, and knowing success lies at the end of everything we touch and just having the gratitude because every time we read a book perhaps like I read, when I read a book I read half the book I don't go like god damn it I haven't finished the book it's like wow I'm grateful that I've been able to finish half the book I reflect on the learning what I took from it I'm like I'm grateful I still have time to read the rest of the book and it's just that whole mindset of creating positive placeholders because we are in a society where there's a lot of lack, there's a lot of questioning, am I enough? And um, this comes with our communities. Because when someone tells, uh, tells anybody, when, when my child goes to school, uh, if people start feeding her mind with negative information, she might start taking that and constructing an environment around that. So it's very important from a childhood perspective, create positive placeholders. Means telling yourself, I'm good enough. I have my ability to learn. I will continue to learn. I will continue to harvest gratitude, be optimistic, and have a winner's mindset with anything I do. So basically, love what you do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or do what you do, whatever you're doing, but do it with love. So that's something I teach my daughter. But go ahead, Luke. Sorry. No, no, that's that's amazing. Like the the core values of like um, of are definitely coming out, you know, in, in this episode. And I think that's something that 
everyone can pick up on. You know, I'm uh, not a parent and don't um, uh, expect to be a parent for many, many years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, you know, like, um, it's, it's great to have these conversations, you know, because it's like adding to whenever that time comes, you know, that I'm then in the best place that I can to also raise conscious children and obviously to practice conscious parenting as well. Um, what I did want to ask though, was your, 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 your thoughts on, well, well, two questions actually. So the first is what does it, for you, what does it mean to be a conscious parent? You know, um, and then secondly, what's your thoughts on the current education system and how that has an impact on us uh, and, and, you know, on us and like our children as well? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go with the first one. So being a conscious parent, it can mean a lot of things because right now, if you go to Google and type in conscious parenting, it's going to give mm. you contradictory advice and then you're just going to be chasing your own tail, so to speak. Mm. And we have a tendency as human beings in this current day and age to complicate everything. Very true. So, and I, yep. And wearing a Liverpool hat, I can give you an example. You're supposed <laughs> to kick the ball from point A to B. People are like you gotta kick it slightly with a hint on your left toe, and then you spin your leg. You gotta take the wind factor. You're like, man, I just want to kick the ball. I'm five years old. No, 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 no. You gotta feel the ball. You gotta make love to the ball and get it to the goal. You're like, oh shit. We complicate <laughs> things. No. So when it comes to conscious parenting, uh, you gotta make it simple. And the simplicity of being human is cultivating humanness. And what I mean by mm -hmm. that is, with we, because when, when I grew up, uh, look, you're in your between 20 and 30, right, at the moment? I'm 27, yeah. 27, yeah. Okay. So when I grew up, I didn't have TV. Mm. I grew up without TV. We had a VHS, which means a video cassette, yeah, which yeah. is this big thing before we had streaming TV. Um, I grew up in Fiji. I used to play outside, climbing coconut trees, catching fish, crabs, a very Robinson Crusoe type of childhood. And mm. I love that. We didn't have screen time and all of these. And I went to a Chinese school where I was pushed to be, amaz be an amazing student. We are pushed to the limits. Now, conscious parenting at this moment is realizing and having awareness of how much convenience we have. And what I mean by this is convenience is we don't have to cook dinner these days. We can just use Walt or Foodora or Uber Eats and they'll deliver the food. We don't even need to talk to each other these days because we can just type a message or email mm. and just put ourselves in this environment where we're watching something, screen time. And the first step of a conscious parent is take away the convenience. Because if, you, if you're ordering food all the time, you'll never have that experience of cooking with your child. You'll never have the experience of, and let me give you an example, when you're making cinnamon buns, I do that with my daughter. Uh, she's been cooking with me since she's been one. She's always smelling the cinnamon, like cinnamon. She's smelling the brown sugar, mm -hmm. melting the butter. She has all her uh, consciousness comes alive when she's feeling and smelling all these different spices. We cook a lot of Indian food as well. She's smelling that, she knows which ingredients goes in, and it's creating a bonding experience between us. Uh, another thing is like when we are painting. I'm not one of those parents where my child paints, I'm like, ooh, great job, honey, you've done really well. 
It's more like, what did you paint? Why did you use these colors? What emotions is corresponding with these colors? Mm. And she's like, this is a happy sun with a happy face. I'm like, all right. Why is the sun happy? Because it gets to shine every day. So there's a deeper conversation going in to the information building. Because it's not mm. about just listening to your child and hearing your child and seeing your child. It's very important to understand your child. Because you can love someone and loving someone unconditionally is great. But if you don't understand them, there's a problem. There's going to be friction. Like when my child requires her own space, I give it to her because I understand she is a human being. A human being needs space. So conscious parenting is about removing the conveniences and just connecting on simplicity. Doing things, take away the technology and just connecting on simple communication skills, cooking skills, and just getting to know each other, understand each other. And that's the first part. Once you get to understand each other, it makes your communication much easier. But like when I did my underwater training with my daughter, this sounds really hardcore, it's not Navy SEALs, but <laughs> she loves holding her breath and going underneath the water. Uh, we created sign language. Mm. So thumbs up means fine. And if she's feeling like she needs to go up, she does a, this and I'm like, all right, go up. So we have this communication and we did this in a controlled environment in a swimming pool because she started swimming, taking swimming lessons for three months. But within 18 months, whenever we're in the water or the ocean, she always gives me a signals. We're communicating and that comes through building a bond and understanding the other person. And that was so, so important with the conscious parenting. And the next thing is you create your environment at home. We've spoken about winner's mindset. You keep empowering your child. Uh, one of the things mm -hmm. I use in my house is the language of empowerment. Uh, this is coming in my upcoming book as well. And that means I don't use any disempowering words in my house. And that's to my wife, my daughter, anyone in my environment, even my team and the people I coach. I'm like, is that hard sometimes? Is that hard sometimes or, or is it now like become such of a, a part of your identity that, you know, it's just like who you are? Uh, so one of the things that comes with consciousness is simply knowing when you're about to screw up and say a negative mm -hmm. word. It's about catching yourself before it comes out. And if it does come out and it has happened to me, I tell she tells me like, Daddy, you said some words which are not right. I'm like, yeah, actually that is correct. I've... I messed up as humans we do mistakes so she corrects me when i go into a using a negative disempowering word mm. and i'm like okay she's because i used to be captain grammar now she's like captain consciousness with this whole empowerment language mm. so she calls me out on it if i ever trip but most of the times i'm i've taken moments to take a breath analyze what i'm about to say and be more conscious and logical about what I'm saying rather than reactive. And this mm -hmm. comes to all my conversations. And this is something I teach her as well. And my coaching clients is have that moment to just say, you know what, let me take a moment, let me breathe, analyze what has been said to me and come up with a well crafted response, as opposed to that. speaking for the sake of speaking. And and I think that alone just creates a whole 
environment where your child and everyone in that environment, let's say the siblings, the husband, wife, everyone starts to contribute in creating an environment where people are speaking with empowerment, people mm -hmm. are speaking with positivity, and there's a winner's mindset. And if I'll take a study from the NBA, uh, the National Basketball Association in the US, at the beginning of any season, if you look at the first five, six games, and this was a study done, it's the team who's giving each other high fives, putting the chin ups, fist pumps, is that team that goes to the finals. And the reason is they have this whole empowerment culture set up. They're aware of, it's not about me, it's about the team. Let's get everyone's spirits up because if they are happy, the team performs well, the whole environment is happy. And you can take a lot from sporting environments or team constructs and put it in your family environment because if you create a positive team culture, which is your family culture, that gives you a lot of rewards. And I've seen this in our travels. When everyone's functioning in a positive headspace, the whole family works well. And then we've, we've expanded this to other family members and friends who come with us on holiday. Everyone's vibing on the same frequency of positivity, empowerment words, and just making sure they show up, they're aware of what they're saying, what they're doing, and they're contributing in a very positive way. And once you create that environment and start spreading it, it just becomes very powerful for conscious parenting. And that's something I'm trying to expand into our next question, which is the education system. And I'm gonna to touch on that uh, quickly. So we have your education system currently. Uh, and Luke, let me ask you a question first. How was your schooling experience? In terms of how confident did you come out of there and what you um, felt was uh, missing? Um, confidence out of there was like probably a four, <laughs> a four or five. Um, <laughs> most of my confidence yeah. has come from um, personal growth, you know, it's come from my own education, uh, personal growth education has come from um, real world experiences. Um, so yeah, I, um, I would say it was, it's low. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it was low. Um, and yeah, at school, I wasn't very conscious at all. You know, it, for me, even, and I wasn't academic either. Like I just wanted to play football, so um, you know, just kind of like play football and, and hang out with friends. So like that was literally like what I wanted to do. Um, so I would probably sum up that. Yeah, I wasn't uh, academic or or anything uh, really. Yeah, I mean the two two points you touched on is socializing and sports, and mm. I think that whole social environment that a school presents is very important because. At a certain point, as you enter the schooling environment, as you enter the teenage age, your friends become your family. And you've experienced that, right? The people you hang around with, and they become your family. You start taking their advice. Mm. Uh, and your parents... But it has to be the right people. Like, that's what I learned as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, where I'm leading this into, is your child is going to spend a lot of time in the education system. So we're going to make sure the education system is focusing on personal growth. It's telling people how to do meditation, visualization, manifestation, uh, how to be very compassionate, kind, 
different cultural understanding, uh, conflict resolution, uh, teaching everyone how to get along, and the whole mm. living by your values. Uh, this has to be incorporated at a young age, like kindness and compassion. And this should be anchor values for all children and all teachers. And it's important the schooling program start focusing on this instead mm. of just pushing subjects on children that they don't like to do and they just build resentment and they're taking it out on other students uh, they don't focus on building relations and just not getting understood by other students and you will see what happens in school environments like work environments it always breaks into silos of groups mm. there's this group who likes this area and that's gonna happen naturally but at the same time we're gonna make sure these groups are talking to each other and be compassionate and the students are learning things that are contributing to the personal growth not just putting them another cog in the machine so they can go out get a student loan go to university and then just work for a company and then realize hang on I want to be a fucking entrepreneur I don't want to work for someone now I'm 32 mm. you don't want that because you'll see from our we have a lot of uh, shared mutual friends in our circles a lot of the uh, parents over here putting the child into places of being entrepreneurs from an early age. Mm. And we're not just speaking about the lemonades then, we're speaking about building baking kits that are designed for children, stuff that they can start sell and understand the process of as long as you create something of value to society, you can sell it and people will give you money. And then you take the money, you put it into the company, grow it bigger or build another company. So entrepreneurship is something that needs to be taught at a young age to children. And what, what, what that does is it allows children to be more creative. Because as adults, one of the problems we are stuck with is how do I balance my consumption with my creativity? And we all find this issue. Mm. And what I mean by consumption is I, you got lots of books to read, you got lots of podcasts, uh, and all of these is going to take me three or four lifetimes to do. And the way Luke is recording podcasts, it might take even longer because you're <laughs> dropping an episode each week, and we have other people dropping episodes each week. And these are all valuable information. Every time we listen to a podcast, we pick up value. Every time we read a book, we pick up value. But we can often get caught in the trap of consuming too much when we're not mm. creating anything. What I mean by this is, I need to balance my time of reading a book, doing a podcast, learning from a course, also writing my book, writing a blog, creating a video, sharing what I learned, because if you can teach somebody what you learned, you get to understand it even better. I think Jim Quick says that. I'm just paraphrasing mm. his quote. And that's quite important for children to do as well. It's about because if you take a look at um, Elon Musk, he's got his own school. Yeah. Uh, the children are in different age groups, but they study together. And if you listen to some of the recordings on YouTube, you can hear the kids saying, uh, Jerry, your leadership skills are much better. I want you to take charge of this and I'll focus on XYZ area. It's they're learning to work with other people in different age groups. And they're learning to identify their strengths and their weaknesses. And then they focus on that. And this is needed in the schooling environments. If you look at uh, Finland, 
they have a project-based curriculum instead of a subject-based. What that means is the children get to choose a project and work together to uh, find a solution to the project rather than a subject being pushed to a child to learn geometry, science, mathematics, which is all important. It's good to learn those, but if you have a higher purpose to fix a problem, uh, which is project-based, then you have more passion to learn what you need for that project, as opposed to mm -hmm. learning something without having the passion to use it. It's like um, if I invited someone over for dinner and then asked me to cook specifically some Cantonese food, I'm like, all right, that's my project. I have to create Cantonese food. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to learn it for the next two weeks, what I need to learn, some of the dumpling styles, and then I'm more passionately connected. Mm. rather than randomly just going to Udemy or any other programs and like, what should I choose to learn how to cook uh, Cantonese food? All right, let's try that. Maybe I'll finish this program. There's no passion about it. So it's important to cultivate that passion and purpose for a child. Like, what is it that you want to learn this year? Like, I want to learn how to play tennis. All right, let's focus on getting you all the resources. See if you love it, get into it try your best and maybe one year from now you're like you know what this is not for me i'm going to try a different sport i want to try team sports football so it's just about helping them cultivate their purpose giving them the resources and just showing up with them to understand their journey because when you, when a child comes home at night or late afternoon you have to ask them what did you learn today and what did you experience today instead of just how I, was so, today? how was it no, i always used to um i always used to get um asked like um i remember that like a variation of one of those questions right and um yeah i wish to say like nothing you know because I, mean, <laughs> I, think it, I, I think it goes back to the point you were mentioning beforehand of like not having that passion for what you're learning or anything like you you, you just then so much in the in the routine of of education in school, you know, based in the school system that you're going to go and learn about science, you know, like one of the things that always got brought up for me is like, why am I learning about a Bunsen burner, right? Like I haven't used one since I've left school. Like, um, I reflecting back, it's added, it's added no value to my life. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure there would have been a thousand other things that in that moment of time would have added more value to my life that I would now use more. So, um, yeah, you know, just kind of, kind of picking up on, on some of those questions that was that I always used to get asked those questions and, um, can relate to the point you're mentioning around like ha having the passion. And I really like the idea about turning it into a project and, um, and, and that, you know, something that now, you know, in my own, uh, personal life that you know have like personal projects and business projects and it makes you more uh, passionate and inspired you know to complete that project and learn what you need to learn to to complete that so um that's awesome man um thank you for mm. for sharing that yeah in the time that we um have left yeah do you have any um other thoughts tips wisdom that you would love to share yeah i mean i'll uh, try to sum it as fast as possible uh, so what you want to do is, and this is not just for children, and this is for adults as well. Make sure you are aware of not getting trapped in the consumption. Because you mm. just mentioned schools right now. What the children are doing is consuming, consuming, consuming information that they're not personally connected to. You've got to be creating something 
and the creation gives purpose through consuming information that is linked to it. So find out what is your passion, uh, what is a child's passion, and then create the consumption around that. Uh, because everyone in COVID found out they had a passion for baking banana bread. So yes, they baked banana breads and they learned how to do it. Um, this was a good thing for children as well. They learned how to bake with their parents. So find something that you want to create and then consume is a secondary thing by, of getting the skills and the information to make the creation a possibility. That's the first thing. And the second one is just um, having awareness of your actions. And what I mean by that is set a purpose and that could be monthly purpose or yearly purpose of what is it that you want to learn. Uh, because don't just read a book for the sake of reading a book. Read the book that will help you raise your level, your skill level, your mindset, so you can do more, be more, become more, give more to others. And that's important to just have the awareness like, where am I currently in life? Where do I want to be? What is the integrity gap of where I am currently at the moment and where I want to be? And how mm. can I reduce that gap? Once you ask yourself that question, you'll get your answers. Not instantly. You might get it in a few days, a few weeks, but at least you've asked the question. So Deepak Chopra, he mentions, it is okay to ask a question and wait for the answer. Because what the universe puts out there for you is the answers. The next time you have a conversation with a neighbor or someone on a podcast or networking event, they might say something that is your answer because you've asked the question or the questions you're looking for that answer now so ask yourself a lot of questions and i do this through journaling is how can i connect with my daughter through gymnastics or a sporting event i ask the questions now i'm looking for something that will allow us to do something to her uh, otherwise i'm like how can i help people in a different country different market where, where Spanish is the first language now I've asked that question I'm looking out for people who have similar passion as me or and are speaking Spanish so now I'm on the lookout so ask yourself a lot of questions and be comfortable not having the answer right away and that will just allow you to step into finding what you're looking for yeah, because if you are, don't ask the questions you'll never realize what you're looking for yeah, I love that. Um, so it reminds me of. Yeah. No, thank you, thank you so much. So it reminds me of um, s some of the stuff that I've been been learning recently around. Um, so, so sometimes when we ask questions, we uh, kind of our our mind, our kind of like our ego wants to take over and find the answer right away. Whereas when we tap more into our spirit, etc., then we're just open to the answer. Um, and yeah, as you said, like that answer could be could could come uh in a week's time a month's time but because we've because we've asked the question and are open and willing to receive the answer then it's it's gonna come come to us so awesome man thank you so much for sharing that um where can people find you online connect with you uh learn more about what you do where's the best place where where they can do that all right i'll put this in the show notes as well it's uh at for us, for real, which is F-A-R-A-A-Z, number four, and R-E-A-L. Uh, that's on Instagram, and that's also my social media handle for Facebook 
and LinkedIn, but I'm on Instagram most of the time. So if anyone wants to connect, just uh, drop me a message or comment on any of the posts I've made and we can uh, chit chat further. So yeah, I'm currently in the space and uh, releasing my book very soon on adventurous parenting and just um, mm-hmm. awakening that inner consciousness being. Uh, because all of this experiences has been quite important to me and people keep DMing me like, hey, I need some tips. I need some tips. And then you realize you can't help everybody through DM or through coaching mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of time and you need to show up for yourself, for your rela- relationships and also in this case for your parenting. So what I've done is I've taken all my findings, my learnings and put in a book um, and I'm going to be releasing that uh, 2023 and yeah let's do this again and uh we can speak about the book but for now luke uh, keep doing what you're doing keep shining your light and appreciate it brother no thank you man um so yeah no thank you for coming thank you for coming on today guys definitely check out uh for us across social media um and do you have a website or or, or is people or is it best for people to message you if they want to learn more about what you, what you do uh yeah it's uh frasali.com uh, we'll put in the show notes. That's my first name at ali.com. And also, uh, I've got my company website, which is called aspiretoconnect.com. Excellent. And, uh, we'll link we'll that down below. Definitely. Awesome. Well, um, a, lot, a lot of value today. Thank you so much once again. And I will be back next week for the next episode of Raising Consciousness. So I look forward to talking to you all then. If you got value from this episode, found it insightful or learned a thing or two, please leave a review where you can let everyone know that this show is worth checking out. I appreciate you so much. You'll be hearing from me in the next episode.